0: This is Age Well with Dr. Sophie Schotter. I'm your host, Fiona Mattesini, and this episode is all about biohacking. If you're not sure what biohacking is, Sophie will give us the full lowdown, plus give us her signature no-nonsense advice on some of the things that
1: work. Have a listen to this. I love them. Growing data. There's more research coming all the time. And this. It's amazing how well it picks up your stress levels.
0: And maybe some of the things to be a little bit more aware of.
1: And that's not evidence. That's
0: opinion. I reckon think of this episode as the equivalent of sort of climbing into Sophie's head and getting the benefit of not only her aesthetic knowledge, but her medical training too. Oh, and I
1: love this next clip, by the way if you can get into it a little bit earlier and enter that phase of life with your biology optimised, I think you can get even more out of it.
0: Okay, here we go. Age well with Dr. Sophie Schotter, your biohacking 101. All right, well, Sophie, welcome. And I think let's start with the most obvious question. What
1: exactly is biohacking? I think a lot of people think it's some Silicon Valley hack that is accessible (laughs) only to the super wealthy, but actually biohacking is optimizing your biology. So it's getting the most out of your body that you possibly can. There's so much about biohacking that's really quite simple stuff that we can do with our lifestyles that's all about just optimizing ourselves. Right. And when it comes to optimising ourselves,
0: I need to practice what you preach because on the aesthetic side, I have a bit of a guilty habit of buying any skincare product that's been totally hyped up, regardless of what my skin needs. So, for example, I know my skin doesn't like heavy creams, but I'll still hanker after a cult cream, even if the texture doesn't seem right for me. So biohacking feels like it's going into a much more bespoke approach in that not every product
1: or treatment is right for everyone. No, absolutely not. And what we have to remember is our skin is our body's largest organ. So we can absolutely biohack our skin. (laughs) So much of skincare and what's out there and available is marketing based. It's very much Mm. about what we see and what we read. And therefore, as you've identified yourself, it creates this hankering after something and to really get the most out of your own skin, it is bespoke. And it should be, in my opinion, the best way is to be led by an expert who really gets to know you and your skin. Great advice, because in clinic, the advice can only be bespoke. I mean,
0: biohacking is also undoubtedly one of the biggest buzzwords in health and beauty at the moment. Exactly. My Instagram is full of all kinds of miracles and promises. But one of the reasons that I wanted to work with you on this podcast is that you're so strictly evidence-based. So with biohacking, there's everything out there from wearables and apps to new supplements. How do we navigate evidence-based products
1: versus, let's say, chances that are jumping on the biohacking bandwagon? It is so, so challenging. And I even think sometimes as experts within a field, what we're presented with seems like it's evidence, but isn't really evidence. And it is really difficult to not fall into those pitfalls. I think with these things, health and wellness, it's important to be expert led rather than influencer led. And of course, there are some expert influencers as well, which is fine, (laughs) but really... Listening to people's opinion who have the fundamental knowledge to talk about something. Mm
0: -hmm. I think
1: that's really important. And it isn't, unfortunately, quite as simple as looking at an ingredients list and being able to decipher something. And we're all very ready to fall prey to things like 95% of women noticed. And (laughs) and that's (laughs) not evidence. That's opinion. Yeah. So for me, very much, a lot of the products and brands that I work with, have really strong clinical data that's been published in some of the biggest scientific journals. And of course, as a consumer, it's hard to access and understand that because they're scientific papers. So find a few people who you trust who seem to be presenting unbiased and genuine information and maybe listen to them.
0: Yeah. And I like that you've raised that we do have a lot of influencers and yes, we have expert influencers too, but an influencer can never give individualized advice. And again, on the aesthetic side, you see people day in, day out in clinic, especially when it comes to follow-ups and building those relationships and understanding people's skin and their responses and whether things might need a shift or a tweak. Yeah. So again, by hacking is really an adjunct to that personalised in-clinic
1: advice from someone like you. Yeah, and it it is tricky sometimes because I will get a lot of DMs on my Instagram, for example, from people wanting personal advice from me, but I can't advise in that. No, no. To really apply expert knowledge, I need to get to know someone a bit better, and that's why for me it's all driven by consultation. And the advice I give out on Instagram is, good advice hopefully but relatively generic that's not going to do anyone harm but I can't personalize it to people's skin because that's not what social media is about. I just love that other people are sliding into your DMs.
0: (laughs) Um, Can we do a quick fire round on a few biohacks that have created a bit of a buzz and
1: your headline thoughts on each one. So first infrared light. Light therapies can be great for body health, for skin health and people talk about infrared saunas for detoxing and there's also sort of LED lights and you can get light beds and you can get light masks and some of these devices are great. But again, there's a real difference between what's available in a professional space compared with what's available for home use. Mm, Yeah, collagen supplements. I love them. There's more (laughs) research coming all the time. And I really like that a lot of the brands in the space are now committing to getting their research together as well. They do work. It's not a miracle to suddenly give you loads more collagen, but you have the building blocks to make more. And that's really useful. Okay, clean beauty. Whether or not this is a biohack or a fad, I'm not as anti-preservatives as many people are because actually I'd rather have that in my skincare than I would have bugs, microorganisms and so on. So I think it's so long as it's done responsibly and with careful thought to the product, but not all sorts of chemicals in skincare are bad. Yeah, good one. Microneedling. Again, a great treatment and is all about optimizing collagen levels in the skin and the impact of that is improved skin texture improved pore size, improved fine lines and wrinkles. So yeah, great. Again, not one for home use. This is an in clinic treatment.
0: Right. Okay. Oxygen therapy. And is this the same as hyperbaric
1: oxygen? So you'll find people who during certain treatments will just hook you up to some oxygen via some via sorts of some problems that go up your nostrils, for example. And you'll get a slight increase in oxygenation, whereas hyperbaric oxygen is where you're in a pressurized chamber and you're really super oxygenating your blood and therefore your tissues. So they are different, but they both use oxygen as a base. Oxygen therapy in its own right, it's not going to harm you, although high dose oxygen actually can be toxic for you. I personally don't think it's something that's going to offer enormous benefits to a healthy person. Whereas hyperbaric oxygen may do. Have you ever had hyperbaric oxygen? Yes, I have. Yeah, I went to a clinic in central London, which has proper medical grade chambers. Yeah. Because again, there are differences in the types of chamber available.
0: Yeah, so don't go down some backstreet dentist and let them rig you up. No. Finally,
1: skin cell therapy. Well, I guess there's various types of regenerative therapies available now from things like platelet-rich plasma to exosomes and again, some of these have real promise and potential. I'm, I'm really liking some of the data coming through on exosomes, which is, again, all about optimising how your cells communicate with one another and um, making your mm. skin more efficient and therefore more healthy. Okay, thank you.
0: Um, Nishing down just for a moment, would you say that biohacking is particularly useful for women in terms of the fact that a lot of our outward skin and general health markers can be
1: determined by where we are in our oestrogen levels? Yeah, I mean, oestrogen for women is absolutely, it's also actually really important for men, but in much lower amounts. But for women, obviously, the loss of our oestrogen in perimenopause is one of the biggest times of rapid ageing in our lives and is absolutely crucial. Mm. What many women notice is this really rapid ageing spurts associated with perimenopause. And that's both in our appearance and in our health. Yeah. There's many things like... The fact that within five years of menopause, a woman's cardiac risk catches up with a man of the same age, whereas before menopause, women have a lower cardiac risk because oestrogen is protective. We look at osteoporosis risk as well, for example. So I do think it's a time where a lot of women notice changes and approach biohacking. Actually, if you can get into it a little bit earlier and enter that phase of life with your biology optimised, I think you can get even more out of it. One other thing I wanted to ask you is about super high dose
0: vitamin C. A few years ago, my husband had something very, very similar to long COVID, but this was pre-COVID. So he was actually at one point diagnosed with ME. But what got him out of two years of quite chronic illness was high dose vitamin C. Yeah. I know that several studies are now emerging with long COVID and vitamin C. I wondered what your viewpoint might be on this as a very cheap and simple biohack.
1: Yes. I mean, vitamin C is, everyone thinks, oh, I'm getting loads of it when I drink a glass of orange juice, but actually you (laughs) get very little when you do that. And even most commercially available supplements give a relatively low dose. But the beauty when we give things intravenously is it goes straight into your vein and bypasses your gut. So you have high bioavailability. But one thing that's really good is you're also not going to get any gastric side effects, because when people try and take a lot of it orally, you can get some some tummy problems that come with that. But yeah, vitamin C can really help. I mean, I suspect your husband had post-viral fatigue, which is something yes. we've known about and recognised for a long time. But obviously with COVID, suddenly it's become a little bit more different and, and a little bit more talked about. Mm. So yeah, I'm a fan of IV vitamin C and there's various people who use it for managing health conditions as well.
0: Yeah. And I know we're probably going to talk about supplements in more depth at some point, but
1: what about, is it NAD or NAD? I tend to say NAD, plus, but it's your cellular energy currency. And by the time we hit 20 years of age, we've got half of what we had at birth. And when we hit 40, it's halved again. So our levels kind of halve with every 20 years of life. And with that comes physical fatigue, relatively, and um, also mental fatigue. Yeah. But it's one of those supplements, it's very unstable, it's very difficult to formulate anything with. And so some people try and promote precursor supplements, but there's a brand I particularly love called New Cheeto Time Plus, Mm. which works not just on boosting overall levels, but also on recycling your NAD and your salvage pathways within your cells. And a lot of people report increased energy, increased mental clarity and better sleep. They're kind of some of the big benefits.
0: Right. And just to add anything that Sophie says, we are going to put in the show notes so you don't have to write all of this down because I know Sophie people will be wanting to create a list. I think the (laughs) big question we all want to know is what are some of your own biohacking routines, apps, wearables, products, supplements, habits, anything you haven't covered that you really love?
1: Yeah. So I do really try and protect my body. I know I put my body through quite a lot. I'm a busy person. I, I do a lot. So on the simplest level, I boundary my sleep. I really try and make sure I get at least seven hours a night. So that's really important. And having good sleep hygiene and a good sleep routine. In terms of nutrition, I've had, I have had nutrition advice to really help understand me and what my body needs. My body needs high protein. Right. So I really try and prioritise that. I supplement a lot. But again, it's very strategic. And even me with my knowledge, I've had nutritionist advice on my supplement routine. But some simple things that I think everyone should be on. Vitamin D3, there's no excuse for not being on it in the UK. We all need it. Magnesium is a really good one to be on. There are some really simple things you can do. I wear an aura ring and I'm obsessed with it. <laughs> so it gives me that feedback on everything I've just said about my sleep, about how ready for the day I am. It's amazing how well it picks up your stress levels through monitoring your heart rate variability. I have done some continuous glucose monitoring in the past to see what my body's response is to certain foods. And I meditate as well. And meditation, I really think, is when it's done properly, such a useful thing for stress management it can really help you change your outlook on life. And of course, stress is one of the the worst things for us and the worst things for our biology.
0: Yeah, I mean, this leads me beautifully into the next question, because I think it's worth pointing out that many biohacking techniques have been around for centuries. Things like meditation, fasting, cleanses. Yeah. So what
1: about some of these biohacks,
0: including meditation, that are totally free?
1: Yeah, I mean, nutritional modifications, whatever that is for you, processed foods, cutting back on sugar all of these things but nutrition optimization is a really simple biohack and whether or not you go and get nutritionist advice what I would always say is look at doing things in stages so don't do everything all at once because then you won't know what worked and see how you feel by keep a food diary see how you feel by making different nutritional changes alcohol again part of nutrition but also alcohol interferes with your yeah, sleep yeah. interferes with your liver function so a good one to think about and look at and analyze Um exercise I mean for me again I have an exercise routine that's intense but not too intense so it doesn't add to my stress but You know, you don't need a gym membership to get out into nature and walk. Yeah, yeah. And we know that nature, the the science and the data behind the benefits that being out in nature has on your mental health is extraordinary.
0: It's so interesting because, as you know, at the time of recording, I'm two or three months into a chemotherapy regime, so I've really taken my health care up a notch. So, for example, I'm teetotal, I'm sugar-free, I've tripled the amount of greens I'm eating, and even though my hair does look pretty dire, um, my skin has never looked so good, which made me realise if I can achieve these things while... I'm in a chronic disease state. How much better can it look with all of these things afterwards? And also, I'm learning to say no. And as you say, I'm prioritising sleep. I'm forest bathing.
1: Forest bathing, I think, is amazing. And it's a Japanese tradition. And they now have these real, that doctors can refer people for forest bathing. Yes. To help with mental health and to help with stress management. And I was very lucky I was away for a weekend with a friend in um, April, I think. And we did a forest bathing experience, I guess, for a few hours. And it was a beautiful, slightly rainy day in the forest. And you're just absorbing the sounds and the sights and and the feel and walking barefoot through the squelchy leaves, it's it's incredible what it does for your senses and how restored you feel afterwards. That sounds so zen.
0: And actually so many people say their happy place is the beach, but for me it's always been forests.
1: We all have happy places. My ultimate is the water, not necessarily just the beach but the river or yeah. And if I go out for a walk I'm naturally drawn to places that have water and trees yeah ideally both can we talk about fasting
0: a few years ago there was a lot of buzz around the 5-2 and weight loss but there's also now a lot of incredibly compelling data coming through on what fasting can do for our health mm. you and I are both fans of fasting and I'm a massive fan of what Dr Mindy Peltz is doing in this space I'll link into her website in the show notes what are your thoughts on fasting
1: as perhaps the ultimate biohack Fasting is amazing for many, many people. And the window in which you fast in will vary. So some people will fast for 12 hours. Some people will fast for 18 hours. Some people will fast for 24 hours. And the idea behind that is you really only have water at a push, have a black tea or a black coffee in that window, but definitely no food and definitely no milk. And there's definitely data emerging, including from some big teams that's, for example, Johns Hopkins as well, looking at the benefits of fasting. And there's pretty good data coming out about intermittent fasting and also really strong data coming out about longer fasts. So four day fasts, for example, in terms of stimulating a process called autophagy in the body, which is the clearing out of senescent cells that might not be working as well as they should be. So we know that that benefit needs a longer fast to kick in. But the benefits of intermittent fasting are really well studied now. Mm, Yeah, super interesting. I also think one good thing about fasting, and it's a really good thing for women to think about approaching perimenopause again, is year on year our calorie requirements drop. So this is part of why most people's weight tends to creep up a little bit as they get older because they continue to eat the same way. Mm. But as we approach perimenopause, maintaining and having a healthy weight is quite important for that process. I think intermittent fasting and the whole principle of actually just removing a meal a day is a really simple way to keep control of that.
0: Great. Thank you. And we'll put some info on John Hopkins into the show notes as well. And finally, when it comes to biohacking, what are you particularly excited about in terms of new developments coming down the pipeline in the future?
1: I think there's so much now that's becoming more widely available. I'm excited to see where wearables go because I do think knowledge is power And, you know, we're now down to something that's the size of a slightly chunky ring. But what's next? (laughs) That excites me. I think we're going to see biohacking becoming more and more widely available in more and more places and entering the more accessible spa spaces as well, whether that's through hyperbaric chambers. And again, as I said, there's a lot of science behind hyperbaric medicine, whether that's through the use of cryotherapy or through centres where you can go and have a week-long retreat and really begin to understand you a little bit better because that really is what biohacking is. Mm. I also think we're testing that whole piece of knowledge being power is becoming so much easier with so many companies now offering home testing and home DNA analysis and so on. And I would just say, provided that's done consciously with the guidance of an expert rather than blindly interpreted, that's going to be really useful bringing this sort of knowledge into a more widely accessible space
0: yeah and then that way you're not throwing good money after bad because let's be honest the choice out there with all of these things is endless for example a few months ago i did the dutch test yeah. and it was at the right time then in my 40s i'm so glad i did it but it perhaps wouldn't have been the right time maybe 10 20 years ago Sophie thank you so much I've been following your Insta for ages and I love the fact that you always give such straightforward advice and you're always happy to share your experience and your opinion too I've really enjoyed speaking thank you thank you as well Fiona that ends our podcast. If you want to explore more of what we talked about, simply head to the show notes. We've done all of the research and noting down of names, ideas, any studies we mentioned so you don't have to go digging. To be ahead of the latest episode, press follow on Apple Podcasts. That's the little cross on the top right. Or simply hit follow on Spotify or whichever podcast app you use. Also, do follow Sophie on Instagram and TikTok. There's loads of great content and little explainers on there, search for Dr. Sophie Schotter. Finally, if you're close to London or Kent, you can book a consultation with Sophie and find out more about who she is and the range of treatments and services she offers via drsophieschotter.com. And by the way, there's some great blog content on the website too. My name's Fiona Mattesini. On behalf of myself and Sophie, please do take a moment to rate and review the show. It all helps. And of course, thanks for listening.